I'm Christina. And I'm Megan. And this is The Aftermath of Sex. I'm a certified nurse midwife. And I'm a registered nurse. And this is not medical advice. Hello. Hello, everyone. How's it going? It's going good. Here for another birth adventure. A beautiful birth adventure I am anticipating. I am excited about these stories today. I'm excited because we're doing something weird. We are. Different. different. It's not weird. I guess this is the thing nowadays. Apparently, like that's what I've heard from you. Well, yeah. So people are telling me, like, actually, you're just supposed to be relaxed on a couch and... Just recording yourself visually and audially. Okay. Audially? Is that a word? I'm not really sure, but I um, was like, okay, well, I guess we'll try it. We'll just see um, if we can get some of you youngins in here yeah. to take a listen. Yeah, so I think we're going to be um, putting this on YouTube. Well, you know what? Let's not make any promises. Okay. <laughs> but maybe... Yeah. Maybe a teaser something. or something like something. that. So that people are drawn in and they're like, hey, well, I need to listen to these crazy girls because yeah. they're crazy. We are. And they might have something to say. Okay. We definitely have something to say. We always, we always have something we don't to say. Words. That's the truth of it. Sometimes we can't get them out as planned. But well, there. you know, it's funny because um, the other day I was telling my husband that I, ne- I needed him to move the pillows but we were very much outside and I was talking about rocks. Yeah, not the same. And earlier today, I called, what did I say? You said something. You called I, oh, I called the microphone, the, re- the remote. You did. And, and I was like, I don't know what remote you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and Brandon said, um, I'm kind of worried and you might need to see a neurologist. And I said, well, I think. I think you're just busy. You brain, think my brain, brain just, is just full. My brain has no space for real words or the Perhaps. proper words. Maybe just getting them out is troublesome because it's so full of stuff. Okay. I mean, that could be. I mean, we can just watch this and monitor the situation <laughs> and see how it goes. I'm going to turn this microphone towards you. Oh, okay. Because I'm loud. Reevaluate. Well, I don't know later. But yeah, we'll just later have to words. see. So um, our people will have to tell us what they think. Yeah. Yeah. I'm interested. I... I love this. Well, for one, it's more comfortable. Well, it is more comfortable. I'm just hanging out this on the couch. It's really nice on the couch in these pillows. Oh, the fancy pillows. I really like them. And our flag. And our flag, it's up. It's up. Hopefully it will stay. <laughs> There's no promises for We've that either. Trouble, it will. We'll see. <laughs> and I actually have um, house guests coming, and they, they're going to be staying here. Yeah, they'll appreciate um, the view. I'm not really sure that they're going <laughs> to love this as their you know, who doesn't backdrop. love a sassy pregnant lady? Agree. Yeah. But they're my auntie and uncle. They're a little and older. And I'm not really sure if they know what I'm doing. Oh, well, they're going to find out. Yeah. yeah. So that'll be fun. It will be. Yeah. Okay. So are you going to start? I'll start. Let's hear about these births. Okay. I'm, I'm really excited. I'm excited about this, reading this um, story because it's about a breach delivery. Okay. And I've only seen one in my career and it was one, it wasn't this one. Yeah. But it was the most amazing thing. You've I've only seen, seen one? I only saw one. 
Oh my gosh. Like I, you know, I only work about one day a week, so. (laughs) That's not true. You only work labor and delivery one day a week. No, that's true. You work work almost every day day of your life. Yeah. But I remember watching it and as the little booty was coming out, I could not figure out what I was seeing. Like I was so disoriented (laughs) because I just saw like skin. Oh, right. And little anus popped out. And I was like, (laughs) ah, that's a butt. Wait, were you prepared? Like, did you know it was a butt? Yes. Was this a plan? This was Because that's unusual it these days. It was very unusual, and it was her yeah. first baby. Uh, wow. And it was, yeah, we did it in the OR just in case things went awry. Okay. But, um, it was amazing. I It was, I'll never forget it as long as I live. Yeah. Just because it was so, it just doesn't happen very often. No, you and know. It was really cool. It's really special to see. And it I is. think some of our older obstetricians have the art of it yeah, and they know how to do it and they know how to perfect it. Yeah. But, um, cause there is a way us youngins we're not because it's been deemed safer yeah. to not have a vaginal breach versus a yeah. cesarean. It's, it's safer for a cesarean yeah. ultimately. Um, scientifically is what they're saying. Yeah. And the other day, well, the other day being probably two months ago now, yeah. I, had a baby that flipped to breach uh-huh. unbeknownst to us in the middle of labor. Uh-huh. So when I broke her water, baby was vertex. Yes. Cause it's something I confirm before yeah. I break water right. and I never checked her again. Yeah. And then she was complete uh-huh. per the nurse and I didn't check. And then as she was pushing, and of course this was not her first baby. I was here for this. You were <laughs> Because I got a call. <laughs> Go ahead and tell your story. And then so, this is actually a really fun story. This is so what happened was as she started pushing, I saw the anus and some poop coming out at me. And I was like, okay, everybody pause. We're just gonna need to set up the room for a breach delivery. And the mom goes, What? <laughs> and I said, It's okay. We're just gonna deliver your baby breach. Mm-hmm. It's going to be fine. And then the baby started peeing on me. Mm-hmm. And then oh, I didn't know that. the nurse said. She called me. She, she wrote, wrote Sarah. I get this call. Over our little, there are these little <laughs> walkie-talkie things to carry on her neck. And, and I know exactly where I was yeah. at the nurse's station. It's like you never yeah. forget one of these things. And she says, what did she say? Megan, can you please call the doctor to come in for a breach delivery? Because I think she, you. We called for somebody to come. So, so one of the physicians, one of our older physicians who was very comfortable with breach was sitting at the desk when I went in to catch this baby. They were not there at that moment. Right. They had gone down to another room. And so you went to go get him. No, that's right. So I Yeah. And she said, we're going to have a breach delivery. Can you get this doctor to come in for this breach delivery? Yeah. I said, wait, what? Okay. No, you said, wait, what? That's what I said. I was like, wait, what? (laughs) And then, and everyone in that room was calm. I was like, what is going on right now? So Megan, so we, we, I was trying not to panic the yeah. room. And then here I am. And wait, what? Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> so everything was calm. And then she says that and the husband starts laughing okay. and like, he's like, oh my gosh, this is happening. And I was like, okay. And by the time you were able to go down well, to I the room, down, down the, the hallway. I went to the room that was right next door and yeah. this doctor was talking to a patient and I walk in there. And um, there, there's a little hearing deficit for right. this particular doctor. And I said, um, Dr. So-and-so, can you please, um, all right, I don't mean to interrupt you, 
but I'm going to need you. And he just keeps talking to the patient that he's talking to. Because he couldn't hear. Because he couldn't hear me. And so I was getting ready to physically pull him out of the room <laughs> for this <laughs> breach, del- breach delivery. And then I hear a cry from next door. And I was like, oh. Yeah. So back to in the room. Yeah. So I said, okay, go ahead and push. And I was thinking while I, while everybody was setting up for the room and calling for a pediatrician and another nursery nurse and getting kind of prepared for this unplanned situation, um, I, you know, I was thinking in my head, okay, the maneuvers, because I've I've taught the proper way to do this in our uh, advanced life obstetric support, Mm -hmm. you know. And so I was like, okay, I can do this. I can do this. And I was just thinking, okay, all these steps. But I didn't have to because she pushed and out came a baby in, in its entirety. Yeah. Like the whole baby, everything just came out. And it was just so great. Yeah. Because if we had known, we would have probably have gone for a had a cesarean. Yeah. And not that that's the wrong choice right. because it certainly is, it is. not. Yeah. Um, and it's certainly the right choice for many people. But in this particular case, it, just worked, out it worked out beautifully. And I'm glad it did. Yeah. And I hope she shares her story from her no perspective yeah. and from her husband's perspective. It was very exciting. And so special, too. It I just The whole thing was It was so amazing. great. Yeah. yeah. But I try to be really calm in crazy situations. you're really great. Because people feed off of Energy. That. Yeah. And totally. you... if. If I always you know, appreciate a calm provider because it just, also just brings me. Yeah, down. you gotta just have a nice calm. We don't need to, you know, to alarm parents. Exactly. Even if it's an alarming situation for us inside, well, I was appreciate wish, how calm. Yeah. I mean, so much feedback, you know, over the years that like yeah. patients appreciate a calm environment. Environment yeah. with calm um people taking care of them yeah. because then they feel safe. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's not chaotic. So. Yeah. Anyway, well, let's hear let's, about this. Yes, let's go. This is from Nicole, and she titled her story, Unicorn, Unicorn Birth Warrior, a.k.a. my second breech birth. Second breech birth. Yeah. This lady. She had one before this. This lady is amazing. Yeah, and I hope she shares her other stories. all of her stories, because she's pretty special. Yeah, because it sounds like, I don't know which one this was, but I think this is, like, maybe her third or more baby. Yes, this is her third year. Because she talks about picking up her voice. Okay, here we go. On Wednesday, my belly had been super tight with ongoing Braxton Hicks during the afternoon. It felt like I had been holding a sit-up for hours on end. I texted Doula Tammy at dinner time, and she suggested a bath. So Wednesday, 9 p.m. I gave my friend Sarah uh, a heads up to keep her phone close in case I needed her to pick up the boys. I told Todd to pack his bag just in case and make sure the GoPro was ready. Oh, excellent. That's really great. (laughs) Despite a long bath, my belly did not really loosen up. I decided to see if sex would kick me into actual labor, so we tried that. Thursday, 1 a.m., I finally fell asleep. 2.45 a.m., an hour and 45 minutes later. I woke up feeling crampy. And she put the, like, whoa emoji. (laughs) Got the heating pad and tried to sleep it off for an hour. This became progressively more difficult. Mm. 4 a.m. I decided to time a few contractions. As with the boys, I dove right into average three minutes apart, lasting 45 to 50 seconds consistently. I tried to lay down again, but ended up in the bathroom on the toilet a bunch um, as I felt comfortable. 4.15 a.m. I sent a message to friends Ashley and Sarah showing my contraction timer. Chatted with Ashley as she was awake in Japan. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. 5.10 a.m. Sent a text with contraction timer to Doula Tammy. 
I figured she was still sleeping and I didn't need her to hurry over yet, so I said I would call when I needed her. 5.30 a.m. I decided Todd needed to wake up. Oh, man, he's not awake yet. Yeah. I leaned over and asked him if he was ready to have a baby today. Then I said, <laughs> you definitely aren't going to work. He thought I, I was joking at first, but once I said I'd been tracking consistently for almost two hours, he knew I was serious. He got up to gather final things for himself and the boys. 6 a.m. I decided to call Tammy to come be with me. I thought I'd be laboring at home for a few more hours and wanted to eat breakfast, and Todd, Todd wanted a quick shower. Tammy didn't answer, so I sent another text. I then called Sarah, and we made a plan for her to come get the boys at 7. Todd made oatmeal for me to eat, and I managed a few bites. Todd woke up the boys and told them that mom is in labor, so they need to get dressed quietly. They both got excited, and I had to tell Nate not to smother me with Oh, bugs. cute. I called my midwife, Christina, to give her a heads up that I was in labor. She had been out of town the past two weeks and just got back hours before. <laughs> I got her up to speed. Baby didn't turn, still breach. Dr. Heilman is on board with breach delivery. I asked midwife, Christina, if she can be there, too. She said, of course. She also advised I head to the hospital soon based on hearing me go through a few contractions while on the short call and the fact that I was feeling some pressure. Yeah. I, uh, 6.45. I finally got a hold of Tammy. Phew. Her phone had accidentally been on silent. Oh, dear. At this point, I decided it would be best she just met us at the hospital. It's so crazy when you're trying and trying to call somebody and they don't answer. And I then know. you start, like, Going panicking all things, and yeah. all the things. Especially, well, particularly my kids. Like, yeah. if I can't get a hold of them, I'm I like, where the are they? Worst thing that could yeah, they're happen. they're murdered in the woods. Oh, always. That's where I go. <laughs> yeah. Murdered in the woods. <laughs> 7.15. Sarah came to get the boys. She sees me going through frequent contractions and comments something about them being close together. Based on previous long labors, Todd says that this is just how my labors are and that I probably still have all day to go. Ha ha. <laughs> Little did we know, I was already halfway there. After I hugged the boys goodbye, Todd asked if he could still manage a shower and I told him no. <laughs> you lost you. should have done it early. Yes. What's uh, taking you so right. long? <laughs> he grabbed something to eat as I was putting some final things in my bag. We headed out to the hospital. I put on my upbeat labor playlist to get me in a positive, excited mood. Songs included, I Got a Feeling. I Got a Feeling. Gonna Be a Good Night. Yeah. By BEP. I'm Coming Out. I'm Coming Out. By Diana Ross. And All About That Face. Oh, I love that yeah. one in particular. By Megan Trainer. I'll have to see if I can share my playlist. You should. Yeah. That's an excellent idea. Yeah, we should do a segment on like favorite playlist or favorite songs oh, in labor. That would be fun. Oh, that would be super yeah. fun. 8.28 a.m. Tammy met me at the entrance to walk in while Todd parked the car. I got checked in at reception. Had to stop at least once walking from the lob lobby to the elevator oh. to a contraction. Yeah, that's when you know it's real. Mm -hmm. When I got up to L&D, it was obvious I didn't need to go to the triage room. This lady is in labor. I told them I'd <laughs> like the room with the big tub if available. They needed to check uh, dilation first, so we went to a regular room. I had Todd take the clock down so I could be blissfully unaware of the time. What a good idea. I didn't know that those came up down. I didn't know that they did. Maybe, uh, like, well, maybe it comes down, but they covering it too works. It, yeah. yeah. Um, this approach worked well with my second son's labor, too. I have very poor internal sense of time, and labor is one situation that comes in handy. Oh, I bet. Yeah. With my first baby, watching the clock stressed me out, realizing how long it was taking. Overall, about 35 hours. 
A nurse came in to ask some questions and check my dilation. She felt around but was unsure how to determine dilation for breach, so she got another nurse to come double check. Officially eight centimeters upon first check at hospital. Nice. Yeah, so it is challenging when yeah, there's a soft different. booty versus a hard head to yeah. like feel dilation. Yeah. Bulging bag of water. Whoa. Good call not staying home any longer. Yes, ma'am. It became quickly apparent that we wouldn't have time to hang up my affirmations on the wall or set up anything else in the room. Contractions were rolling maybe two to three minutes apart and lasting a full minute or more at this point. Mm -hmm. I found comfort leaning my head into Todd's chest while squeezing his arms and swaying. He is my safe place in solid rock. I managed to hold still leaning on Todd long enough to get a capped IV port put in my left forearm. These annoy me so much, but we found that spot to be least intrusive. With breach birth, I felt it was a fair deviation from my birth plan to allow the port to ensure quick response in case of emergency. Smart. I agree. Todd sat down in a chair so I could lean on him while Tammy rubbed my back. Suddenly, I felt lots of pressure during the contraction, and whoosh, my water broke. It came splashing down onto the floor in all of our feet. Oh, no. That's Tammy great. nonchalantly says, oh, got my shoes. Not the first time. <laughs> Today, Todd, her, uh, Todd says a lesson used, yeah, I got mine too. And his facial expression <laughs> said even more, which made me laugh. There was meconium in the water, so that... Uh, so so with that and already being at eight centimeters, the nurse escorted us towards the OR. This is a common um, vaginal breathe precaution. Um, OBs often want you to push in the OR with an anesthesiologist on standby in case emergency cesarean needs to happen. As I was heading from the labor room to the OR, a nurse commented that she liked my music playlist. Another nurse commented, it's so fun. She had a uh, Mambo number no. five playing at one point. Yes. I've never heard such an upbeat labor song list. Um, yeah. A lot of times they're just like, you know, like gentle, gentle and somber. Yeah. Well, like not somber, but like just quiet and, quiet. you know, yeah. like this soft space. Yeah, that's true. yeah. My midwife appeared in the hallway, bright eyed and ready to go. I was like, Hey, Christina, welcome to the party. <laughs> Todd and Tammy were both given scrubs to suit up for entering the OR. We had been told that only one support person could join me, so this was awesome that they let Tammy join too. Tammy prayed over us as we got settled into the OR. Absolutely perfect. OB Dr. Heilman came in and said that they should bring in a bigger bed since I wanted more freedom to labor upright. My birth plan said I did not want to deliver on my back, and that was noted and honored. Mm. I kept feeling deep pressure, but I was scared I would push her out onto the floor. <laughs> Tammy reassured there was plenty of people to catch her if needed. Todd spotted the perfect rolling chair with back support so he could sit beside me without worrying about back spasms or his knees buckling. He had a torn meniscus. Ooh, so ouch. The chair probably belonged to the anesthesiologist, but they willingly let Todd use it. Once the labor bed was in the OR, I climbed up for a check, eight and a half centimeters. I spent time on my knees leaning over the back of the bed. It was up at an angle. They added the squat bar and I rotated between that and the back of the bed. My legs and arms were getting shaky from muscle fatigue. Todd noticed me getting more panicky and suggested oxygen. That was helpful and I used it intermittently when I felt I couldn't catch my breath. It's just one of those things like it's probably not super, it, she probably didn't need the oxygen, yeah. but it's like super focused yeah. and like, you know, just feeling like you have you that extra, extra, a little bit extra just makes support. you feel good. Yeah. yeah. Just as with my first breech labor, 
my hips felt like they were being pushed out of their sockets. Ouch. With many contractions, I uh, whined, hips, please. And various people took turns squeezing my hips for counter pressure. I had to self-restrain while feeling pushy, but not yet 10 centimeters. Yeah. Another breach thing. To optimize safe delivery, you want to be the complete effacement in uh, dilation. Otherwise, you risk, ba- risk baby's narrower bottom descending, but their head injuring your cervix or full on getting stuck. After some time, Dr. Heilman asked me to lay down so she could check dilation again. I told her to be fast and she could check (laughs) after the next contraction. Not quite there. I was nine. The next check was nine and a half. And each time I had to lay on my back to be checked, the next contraction was excruciating. I yelled, turn me help and got back to all fours. Mm. During this last part of labor, I remember moments that are not chronological. I tried nitrous oxide, uh, the laughing gas, which made, which they made clear no one else could hold to my face for me. I tried a few puffs, but it made me more dizzy than it helped the pain. So I decided that wasn't for me. I had written on my birth plan that verbal affirmation are highly appreciated. Be cheerleaders. The entire uh, team pitched in hubby, doula, midwife, nurses. Their words spurred me on and helped me uh, help drown out the internal voice trying to say, I can't do this anymore. That's so like the common, I can't, I can't yeah. at the end, like yep. that yep. transition. Yep. And you just have to like frame it and turn it. And yeah. it's just, it's hard. It is. It's so really hard. hard. I kept hearing the verse, the pain you've been feeling can't compare to the joy that's coming. Romans eight eighteen over and over. And yeah. Human nature would take over and I moaned out many F-bombs <laughs> with the pain. Sorry, mom. I keep my eyes closed most of the time. Or uh, I, ke- I keep my eyes closed most of labor, but I would periodically catch some of the nurses' eyes while pushing, and I could feel the calm and confidence. Mm. Same with Todd and Tammy's reassuring eyes. I expected this from TNT, but the nurses' intentional uh, affirming gaze was surprising and special. I told Todd that I'm a rare unicorn birth goddess, pushing <laughs> out my second breaching. Oh, I love it. No, this is quote. Todd, what am I? You're an amazing unicorn birth goddess. You should get a tattoo. Pregnant unicorn. I, I just love, love it. And she she said that. Like, what am I doing? And he <laughs> said it real loud and proud. I oh just loved gosh, it. I yeah. Love that. I wish I would have been there. Um, I always moan a lot, and Todd reminds me to keep my pitch low and relaxed parts of my body. Uh, Todd said, chin down low, Nikki. Me. I want to moo like a cow, Todd. Todd. Okay, moo like a cow. <laughs> what is happening right now? <laughs> oh my gosh. When I turned to use the squat bar, I said I wouldn't bite it this time. <laughs> I want to meet this lady. Yeah. I wish I would have been there. Todd told me, go ahead and bite it if I needed to. I bit it during my second son's birth, so this was funny. <laughs> I was relieved and a bit grossed out when a big poop fell out of me. Wipe me, please, <laughs> she said. Uh-huh. I said, did you know it's called rumping instead of crowning since the butt comes out first? <laughs> Got lots of smiles and chuckles. I had recently learned that term from you, probably. I don't know. I don't know that I taught her that. Used it. I did. We were talking about that. Um, I kept feeling the strong pressure to push and yelling, pushing. I took off my gown with some help because I felt like the time was near. Dr. Heilman wanted to check me again to see if I was ready. Final check. I said, please do it from here. I cannot roll over again. Dr. Heilman said, okay, we can try. Then, okay, you can push. With her sweet little voice, yeah. yeah. And I got to business. 
First, two or three big pushes. I felt her rumping, but when I realized she, uh, she sucked back, but then I realized, but when I realized she sucked back in, at least I knew this time was pretty normal. Mm -hmm. um, I reached down to feel her coming out and also support my upper labia from tearing. I could feel her slippery, soft legs and booty there and felt more determined to finish the job. As baby fully rumped and her hips got through, she was pooping. She also peed twice. Midwife Christina giggled and said, she's peeing on me. <laughs> oh, and now she's peeing on me again. <laughs> I was determined to get her out fast. Uh, so with each subsequent contraction, I gathered all my strength and helped my body bear down. The team updated me as body parts came out. There's a leg. There's another leg. Here comes her arm and shoulders. And the other. Okay, mama, here comes her head. And she was out. I felt that rush of relief and started to try and turn onto my back. In a flash, baby girl was held up to me, then taken over to the warming bed. What's going on? Her eyes were wide open. Christina quickly explained that she was a little stunned, so they were taking her over to check her out. Very quickly, we heard her cry. The most beautiful sound at that mm. moment. I looked at Todd, and he had tears in his eyes. You did it again, babe. You did awesome. Christina said, and out before noon. <laughs> <laughs> to which I snapped my head to look at the clock. What? Seriously? And I saw that it was now 11.38 a.m., my quickest labor at about eight and a half hours. Todd went over to see baby Violet as she was getting checked out. He got to recut her umbilical cord. They had initially cut it pretty long. Uh, then she was brought over to my chest. As soon as she heard my voice, uh, her eyes moved around trying to look for me. She snuggled in contently. My sweet, great dream come true. Um, she added a little postpartum note to remember. Okay. Just like my first um, vaginal breech birth, um, I only had shallow road rash, tearing but nothing significant enough to need stitches. I was antsy to have the saline lock removed, but the team wanted uh, to keep it in for a while in case I needed Pitocin to help shrink my uterus. It took them a good 30 minutes postpartum to take it out. Then, of course, shortly after the port was removed, I started passing some large clots. Of course. Uh, such as life. Yeah, it's Murphy's Law. <laughs> Murphy's Law, that's what I was Yeah. Thinking. The room spun and I felt like I was about to faint as I walked back to my bed from the restroom. At that point, I agreed that a shot of Pitocin was a good idea. It was the right call um, as I felt better and stopped passing big clots shortly after that. Yeah. And I love great it. Story. I wish I would have been there. I'm I a beautiful, really what did she say? I'm a unicorn birth goddess. Yes. I, I just. Unicorn birthing goddess. I love that so much. That's so funny. Yeah. It's it's true in so many ways because vaginal breach is a unicorn situation it, in birth, in itself, yeah. and she had she it, twice, it twice. But um, her other story, which I'm not going to share because she didn't give permission, mm -hmm. um, is equally as amazing. Okay, well, Nikki, so send your story. Send your story. Come I on, am girl. Dying to hear this story. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So the next story. Um, Christina's gonna read, but she, I just wanted to acknowledge. Oh, yeah. Somehow, Muriel, I'm, we're sorry. Somehow your story got, we thought we did it. So, episodes and episodes ago. Yeah. Like, so she, like, many months ago. And yeah. So she resubmitted it because she was like, I don't think I ever heard my story. Yeah. I'm so glad she resubmitted it because what happened was we put her name and title, but the story didn't follow. It wasn't the right story. It was. <laughs> So, so I'm so sorry that that yeah. happened, but thank you yeah. for um, 
sending it again sending and it. making us aware that that happened, especially because yeah. we would need birth stories. Yeah, so we never want to skip someone's birth story. Never, because I think they're all special. And I hope we get to the point where there's so many that we just have to keep, you know, keep very close tabs on them and just yeah. make sure that we're sharing all of them. So, yeah. well, this is Vigo's birth story. Yeah, so Vigo's birth story. Thank you for the podcast. Listening to these stories feels like being a part of a big support group and writing out my own story has been therapeutic. Oh, good. The birth of our son was a lesson in, in being, oh, wait, hold on. Sorry. I lost my, my, my computer's being funny. It's not moving uh -oh. like the, it's okay. <laughs> so, um, let's see. The birth of our son was a lesson that in bringing a baby into the world, whether things don't go as planned or there's no set plan at all, the outcome can still be unique and beautiful beyond anything we could have designed. I love, I love, that, I love that so much. Yeah. It gave me chills. Mm -hmm. I was a newlywed of less than two months when I found out we were going to be parents. This was such a gift, especially because at 37, I had mistakenly assumed conceiving might take a while. As my midwife, Christina, confirmed, I discovered even when you want to be a mom, it's normal to have a feeling of, what have we done? Yes. I say that to everyone, yeah. actually. When you see that blue plus sign, actually two plus signs and four pink lines in my case, <laughs> because I just kept taking tests and disbelief. Yeah. People just do. It's yeah, so funny. So funny. I was so fortunate to have an overall very easy pregnancy with no morning sickness, very few aches and pains, and very enthusiastic and encouraging husband. When Christina asked about how I'd like to deliver, my knee-jerk reaction was, well, I don't, well, I know I don't want an epidural. I think my reasons were because I'm afraid of needles, because I'd learned in childhood development classes that all natural is typically better for the baby and because you get the most awesomeness points from society when you say you did it all natural. But I also knew myself well enough to know I should steer clear of anything even resembling a birthing class. I know those classes are a godsend for so many, but I tend to be an anxious person and in some situations, the less information I have, the better. Ooh, interesting. Instead of studying up on birthing techniques, I focused more on getting an idea of what labor and delivery had been like for women in my family. As I had heard, the best indicator of how it would go is how it went for women you're biologically related to. It's an interesting perspective. Yeah. It doesn't always go the same, but it can. But it can, yeah. Um, I knew my sister had decided on a birthing center with a birthing tub, but her contractions slowed in the tub. And after a 48-hour labor, she ended up being transferred and delivering my nephew in the hospital. When I asked my mom about her experience delivering my big brother, she said she didn't remember a lot, but it was hard. And the word epidural sounded familiar. <laughs> There was a dramatic event there. Right after. <laughs> no. Um, right. She, well, or maybe at the time it wasn't really called an epidural yet, or maybe it was oh. like a spinal block or sure. a pudendal block, or they had lots of different things, maybe. Sure. She also informed me that her mom had all four of her kids via cesarean section. Then there was a story about my paternal grandmother. She lived on a farm in Appalachia okay. and had her first baby in the 1920s. The difference in age being between her eldest and my youngest was 23 years. Wow. With the last of her five babies arriving in the 1940s when she was 45. Wow. Yeah. Grandma Eva was a hardy woman in every way. Yeah, she was. Who was still working on her farm into her 80s and lived to the age of 107? Oh Ma'am. Wow. 
107? Incredible. Yeah. On the farm. On the farm. Those farm women. Like you, my I grandma, yeah. you, we talked to I her. Know. She's still kicking. I know. And doing great things with her. Like, she's young. I know. Yeah. There was no discussion of birth plans or options for her. The only option was natural birth at home with the help of family or neighbors. Just think about that. Just think about that. It's crazy. I know. Birth is crazy. Yeah. The history of birth is the crazy. The history of birth. Yeah. Yeah. The way this story has been passed down in my family a couple of days into my grandma's labor in the loft of her farmhouse, her helpers gave up and came downstairs with one of them making the comment, leave her alone. What? She'll make it, but she'll lose the baby. Oh, gosh. Barnes girls always lose the first one. Oh, my gosh. I actually hate that. That's so sad. And just to leave her alone up there by herself. Sometime the next day, my grandma came down from the loft with a living baby boy in her arms, whom she had to deliver entirely unassisted and alone. After hearing those stories, I had new perspective on my priorities and awesomeness points just didn't seem that important compared to just getting through the experience safely with my sanity intact and coming home with a healthy baby in my arms. Amen. Yeah. I just wow. got chills. No kidding. Like that, your poor grandma. Your poor grandma. She obviously. I can't imagine doing that. No. Alone. No. Yeah. How scary. And your so first scary. baby. And your first one because you don't even have any experience. You have no yeah. idea what you're doing. Yeah. There's no What's happening to you. And it was taking too long. So these people are like, just, just like leave her alone. alone. She's fine. The 1920s of it all. How rude. Seriously. Um, I was still hopeful for going all natural, but I had let go of pressuring myself to think anything else would be a failure. Good. That's so good. It's good to have intention, but allow yourself to make decisions for yourself in the moment that will help you not have a traumatic experience. A nurse studying midwifery who was training with Christina gave me helpful insight at one of my prenatal appointments. She said an all natural delivery is very possible, but it doesn't, so much depend on the tenacity of the individual mom, but more on what happens leading up to the hospital. So good. Such good advice. I know her and she's working in a beautiful midwife in Colorado. Cool. I think that's where she is. I'm pretty sure. She said, if you're, you're well rested when labor starts and progress steadily, you have a much better chance of delivering without meds than if you're already exhausted and stressed or have unforeseen circumstances. Fast forward to the end of my pregnancy, dot, dot, dot. I was nervously and joyfully counting down the days until my due date and um, the end to all social encounters revolving around when are you due? Not soon enough. And how are you feeling? Feeling like I can't wait to just be safely holding my baby and no longer being center of attention. Aside from vicious heartburn, physically, I still felt great. Emotionally, I was done with the whole thing. At 39 weeks, my belly was measuring a centimeter smaller than Christina liked, and she wanted me to get an extra ultrasound to make sure I wasn't low on amniotic fluid and that the umbilical cord was still providing nutrients to my baby. She assured me baby's heartbeat and movement were strong, and baby um, changing positions or moving down in my pelvis can affect measurements, and that the ultrasound could wait until the next week, as it wasn't an emergency. It didn't matter. I tried to get 
a breakfast burrito after that appointment and I just broke down sobbing before I could get in the line. Oh, poor thing. What if something was wrong with baby? What if I've come this far only to never get the chance to be a mom? Oh my gosh. I frantically called around and got a same day appointment at the radiology clinic for an ultrasound. (laughs) The tech said all looked well and baby was squirming and kicking with his head deep down in my pelvis. Still, I told my husband to count me out for any social engagements that weekend because I was a nervous wreck. Christina called the following Monday to to let me know that she had the results of the ultrasound and baby scored perfectly in all measures. Okay, fine, I thought. Just one more week and this pregnancy can just be over. My due date came came and went. Nothing. At 41 weeks, I showed up for non-stress tests and a receptionist said, I thought you were supposed to have a baby by now. Worst thing to say. I'm so sorry that happened. Yeah, it really is. My test said baby was fine. Christina said the official recommendation is that at advanced maternal age, you should be induced at 41 weeks. But still, I was healthy with no other risk factors, and she would support me going to 42 weeks at the absolute latest. I knew placenta ages and puts the baby at risk when when you are overdue, but I also never, ever picture myself getting induced. I always thought it was some fancy thing celebrities did at 37 weeks out of vanity to prevent their bellies getting overstretched. Not some, which is interesting. I never thought about that. I never thought about that either. It's because we're in the business and we know all the reasons. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Not something I, who prioritizes my baby's health, would ever do. Besides, the saying went, baby will come when he is ready. So true that people say that, and it's not always the case. This cliche makes me laugh now. I picture an all-knowing, (laughs) all-powerful oracle baby. True in most cases, labor starts naturally when the time is right. But in our case, I think baby had been ready, quote-unquote, for a while, but was just as inexperienced and unable to control unforeseen factors as I was. Back to the topic of pride and vanity. Looking back, I think, wait, isn't the reason I was waiting to get um, induced past 41 weeks kind of out of vanity? I didn't want to be judged for selling out and taking matters into my own hands, but I also just really didn't want the risk of anything happening to my little ba- my little boy because I was waiting for the sake of my own pride. I was conflicted and stressed and burnt out. So she's, she's incredibly reflective. Yeah. yeah. Every day I thought... Am I taking risks with my baby's life by waiting this one more day? Finally, I scheduled the induction for 41 weeks and four days. I had some elaborate, reason- <laughs> elaborate reasoning, but basically I thought it was a compromise between uh. <laughs> the earlier official recommendation and the absolute last day Christina would have supported me waiting. That makes sense. Yeah, it's great. Well, however you get there is fine. <laughs> um I was still uh, praying to go into labor naturally. The night before my appointment, I cried a lot. The morning of the appointment, I got up with an unhappy resolve, and I just prayed that um, for whatever decisions I'd have to make that day, I would have clarity. As I've always been healthy and I hate needles prior to pregnancy, other than the occasional TB test prick, I have avoided needles successfully for 20 years. That's impressive. Within 15 minutes of checking into my delivery room, I had my blood drawn twice and an IV inserted twice, and the first time was unsuc- as the first time was unsuccessful. I remember by the second blood draw, which was a surprise, my sweet husband exclaimed to the staff, "Really, this is the one thing she doesn't like." I also had my first cervical check at 
of the entire pregnancy. I avoided those too. <laughs> and was told I was 50% effaced and zero centimeters dilated. I even felt like they kind of exaggerated on the 50% effaced just to give me something. <laughs> I asked if I should just come back in three days and I was told no, it was not worth the risk of the placenta aging. Christina was still away for the 4th of July weekend. She had apologized for the timing saying even she had always assumed I would have delivered by then. Yeah. So Tanya midwife, um, so midwife Tanya came to see me and explained induction with misoprostol. I always feel bad when I expect something to happen and then I can't be there. And yeah. it's like they have this whole plan and then I ruin it, you know, but yeah, life and family and people understand that it just still breaks my heart sometimes. Yeah. Um, I started drinking the little vials of what tasted like stale water, and for several hours, not much happened. Christina showed up in the afternoon. Yay! And an upbeat voice said, I really think you'll meet your baby within the week. <laughs> well, that's a great connection. Jesus, God! <laughs> I was expecting to meet my baby uh, that day. Christina knew me enough to know sometimes it helps to tamper down my expectations. But she may have overshot that time because I I know she saw my face fall and she said, let's go for a walk. So we went for laps around the hospital hallways while she tried to reassure me and said, listen, on the bright side, your baby has done such an amazing job of creating a safe environment for you and your baby and it that it doesn't even want to let him go. Ha ha. She <laughs> hugged me and I went back to the room to get another hug from my husband and to wrap my mind around settling in for a long haul. The night shift took over and a... And a sweet nurse, Heather, um, attended to us as I kept drinking the stale water vials. <laughs> Not much seemed to be happening. So around 10 or 11, Heather said she would bring me some Benadryl so I could go to sleep for the night. My husband passed out on the couch as he's gifted with being able to sleep peacefully anywhere at any time. Yes. Many husbands are. All of them, it seems. <laughs> Not all of them, but you know. Yeah. I lay, I lay there in the hospital bed staring at the ceiling, and I thought, Muriel, if you take those Benadryl and go to sleep, that's it. You're going to be here forever. Uh -huh. So with my husband's unconsciousness, <laughs> unconscious, wait. So with my husband unconscious, I grabbed the big yoga birthing ball the day nurses had brought, and I started rolling around back and forth and trying any move I could think of. I started feeling regular waves of what felt like strong period cramps. And I wondered if um, I should dare to think these were finally contractions. Nurse Heather came into the room at about 1 a.m. to check on me, maybe in response to the wearable monitors. <clears throat> I told her what I'd been feeling, and she suggested doing a cervical check. When she checked me, she was like, well, Miss Mario, what are you doing? You're three centimeters dilated. Okay. Then she very matter-of-factly said, my fluid sac was very tight and my water would be breaking at any moment, confidently adding, that's what happens next. <laughs> I think until this interaction, I was in denial I would ever actually be in labor, especially after waiting nearly 42 weeks and walking countless miles and, and gorging on pounds of medjool dates in the previous month with no results. I had a mixture of relief, joy, excitement, and absolute fear. Heather stepped out of the room and I started contemplating if it was too late to just go home and change my mind about the whole thing when whoosh, my water gushed out. That was good because you probably weren't going home. No, probably <laughs> not. <laughs> my husband was awake by now and um, at my side and I started saying, press the button, press the button. Oh. 
Heather needs to know my water broke. I was panicking because one of the few labor tidbits I couldn't avoid online was that after your water breaks is when the real pain starts. Mm -hmm. After Heather checked on me, I was expecting some kind of instructions of what to do next, but all there was to do then was to be in labor. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> My contractions steadily kept increasing in frequency and intensity. Heather showed me uh, showed my husband Eric some pressure techniques to use on my back, which he tried, but I just really didn't want to be touched. That's a, true for a lot of women. They just don't want it at all. I crawled up and down the bed, groaning through every contraction, pushing against any object in sight, including my husband's body. My timeline is probably off, but I remember something about being around five centimeters by 5 a.m. when I asked Heather about pain relief options. She cheerfully obliged in helping us get some IV drugs. I could still feel contractions, but within minutes, I was relaxed enough to chit-chat and laugh and go for a little walk through the halls with my husband. Heather had told us these meds wear off after about an hour, so I used that brief break to plan my next move. I was so tired from all the angst of the last two weeks of trying to will myself into labor and from barely sleeping the night before coming in the hospital because I had been beating myself up about getting induced. Then the thought of meds wearing off and jumping right back into that intensity without any more breaks from here on out because I needed to show the world I was tough just filled me with dread. It's just so sad. Yes, yeah. That expectation, that like that inner voice is just so powerful. Yeah. I knew if I had to have done it with no further assistance, like my grandma Eva did, I guess I would just have to. I thought of her and how much I think she would have loved to have the luxury of a hospital and medicine. And the harrowing birth story wasn't on print and her, well, sorry, her harrowing birth story wasn't on principle. It was just necessitated by her life and resources at the time. Later in life, she advocated for appreciating the blessing that medical intervention can be as she chose a double hip replacement at age 90 because her doctor said not getting it would shorten her lifespan and she lived 17 more years. I also remember what Christina's intern had said about how whether or you are rested or not leading up to the hospital can affect your need for pain meds. I also thought about how what my baby boy needed from me more than anything was just to get through this. With all this running through my head, as I walked the hall with my husband, I suddenly said, I don't give a crap. I'm getting the epidural. <laughs> the biggest grin and sigh of relief came from my husband as he said, that's all I've wanted for you this whole time. <laughs> just to say what you really want and feel good about it. So true. Mm -hmm. Like just having that validation, like, you know what? Yeah. This is my experience. Right. This is my body. This is my time. Yeah. And I'm going to do what I want. Exactly. I love it. I think I was about seven centimeters by the time I got the epidural, and I won't lie. As soon as it kicked in, it was a huge relief. A couple of hours later, the nurses said they had called Christina to come check me and that she was elated for me that I had gone into labor overnight. Christina walked into my room, and I think the first thing I said was, I got the epidural. And she said, and how are you feeling about that? And I said, great. Mm -hmm. She checked me, and I was close to around nine centimeters because – Christina said she was going to give me a little bit more time. Later in the morning, Christina said it was time to push. I was feeling very confident and relieved, knowing the hardest part was already over. Christina said some people push for 30 minutes and some push for two hours, and we'll just see which you are. 
I think I attempted pushing for an hour when Christina decided my contractions had slowed and suggested I take some Pitocin to get things moving again. I relaxed a couple hours while waiting for the contractions to pick back up so we could push again. Christina came back and pushed for about another two hours. <clears throat> Wait. Christina came back and I pushed for another two hours with Christina having me try several different positions. After that, some nurses started kind of flitting around to let Christina know it had been three hours of pushing total so far, which Christina assured me was still very average. And after another hour of pushing, I heard nurses asking if they should get the OB on duty. Christina said, no, Mariel is very strong and she can keep going. She explained that to me that ethically she needed to offer the option of a C-section because I had been pushing for so long, but assured me she thought I could keep going. Hearing this mixed with a tough love comment Christina made about being a lack of commitment in my pushes. <laughs> I might've said that. Oh man. But maybe it was needed. Yeah. Sometimes people just need, need that. that. Yeah. Brought me back to that feeling of I'm going to be here forever if I don't do something. So I put everything I had into my pushes in every position imaginable, including hoisting myself on a strap looped from a metal bar overhead, which is my favorite. Mm -hmm. Both Christina and my husband kept saying one more push mm -hmm. for about an hour saying they could see the head. I could tell baby's head kept just getting sucked back up inside me every time I had relaxed from a push and that each new push was almost like starting over. Dr. Helm and the OB came in and she and Christina told me to reach down and touch the baby's head for encouragement. I love it when people do that. Mm -hmm. I, it's the I best. Just want to do it's that. so special. And they're like, <gasps> it's like this a moment of like, oh my gosh. And yeah. I think some people are kind of grossed out about the thought of it, but if they get past that, I don't think they ever regret it. Yeah. Yeah. Except when I touched his head, it was only a realization to me that he was really stuck and there was nothing more I could do to help him out. So I started panicking. Oh, Poor thing. I know. I wasn't expecting that. I know. Christina talked me down. And between pushes, Dr. Heilman helped flip baby ah, a little. Mm -hmm. quite skilled that way. Um, but he still wouldn't come out. I was passing out between pushes from exhaustion and my husband had to keep waking me up. Christina said there was definitely no lack of effort on my part at this point and told me my options were using suction on baby's head or getting an emergency C-section. I was terrified of the suction hurting my baby, but also knew that C-section is serious surgery and I really couldn't think at all. Dr. Heilman came back and said I um, to get out the suction. Through all of the chaos and fatigue, I could hear Christina saying, I need to make sure Marielle is okay with this. I looked at my husband and I looked at, um, and then I nodded okay at Christina. After Christina got my consent, she tried to suction my sweet baby's head out of me, but he still wouldn't budge. Finally, with a new sense of calm, Christina said, so Marielle, it's a bit of a snug fit down here. So I'd like to do an episiotomy where I just cut a little, bit larger opening for the baby's head. Are you okay with that? She could have suggested a stick of dynamite at that point if she said the baby would be okay and I'd say yes, but I was incredibly grateful and bol bolstered by knowing my provider cared so much about my autonomy and power in what otherwise felt like a helpless situation. Yeah, oh, that's really sweet. Yeah, but really important to yeah. acknowledge. Um, from the second Christina made the, her incision, it seemed like baby Vigo just flew <laughs> me finally within a second i saw his body flush the most beautiful pink color and his big dark eyes were already wide open the pediatrician on duty did a quick check and said vigo scored as high as possible on the apgard test 
My son amazes me. He was stuck in the birth canal for over five hours of my pushing, and the entire time the monitor showed he was strong and relaxed. And after all of that, he popped out healthy and glowing and didn't even cry. The only side effects were a bit of a cone head and a sore neck from the suction, both... um, which both resolved in a couple of days. I'm incredibly grateful for Christina, Dr. Heilman, the nurses, my inflappable husband, and everyone involved in Vigo's delivery. I'm also incredibly proud that in what was a totally unprecedented situation for me, I was able to make the best decisions I could with the information I had. And most of all, that I was able to trust God with all of the unknowns. After we were home, my husband told me that during the delivery, he saw in me the strength of my grandma, Eva, which is the most meaningful compliments of my life. I bet. That just gave me chills. Yeah. Um, The decisions my husband and I made aren't the perfect ones for everyone, but they were right for us because at the end of it all, we were home safe and healthy, which is exactly what my birth plan was. Oh, man, I love it. I love your message. What a great story. Crying again. I know. Well, that's just (laughs) (laughs) so sweet. And just the ups and downs in her mind. Yeah. Like she had a really mind battle. It sounds yeah. like yeah. just every decision was a battle between mm-hmm. what she thought she should feel and what she actually that's felt. Yep. And then having, having to reconcile what that truly meant yeah, for her, you know, and for her and just really. finding herself in that, which is super empowering. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. You. So many so people. Awesome. And, I, and we definitely have not read that story. Before. We have not <laughs> read that story. And um, yeah. And just the message. Like, yeah. You, it's a great message. What a good story. So many messages in there. Yes. So many. So thank you so much for sharing. And thank you for resubmitting. Yes. So that we you could share that share story because it's so powerful it's and meaningful. Great, it really is. Thank you so much. Yeah. Okay, I have one more. It's pretty short, and it's anonymous. Okay. Okay. My birth adventure was more expeditious than I had anticipated, which was a blessing. I was at the grocery checkout, and a clerk asked me when I was due. I told her I was due in about a week. When I got back to my car, I was feeling heavy, for lack of another description. I arrived home 15 uh, minutes or so later and felt what I thought might be a contraction, then another. I called my doctor and told her I didn't remember when I was supposed to go to the hospital. Did she say when they were five minutes apart? I couldn't remember. These were between two and seven minutes. Not bad, though, so I imagined she would tell me to come in the next day or something. Anyway, she said to go in and come in uh, to check it out. I lived about, uh, I lived about, I think she forgot to write hour maybe i think maybe it's an hour i think i I lived about an hour away i would think that's how yeah yeah. so uh, i lived about an hour away from the hospital so i called my mom to drive me just in case on the way to the hospital i was thankful that she was driving because it was getting worse and by the time we arrived at the hospital i was not going to sit in a wheelchair oh no just going to levitate above it (laughs) oh that's a recently had this clear sign happen and that is a clear sign (laughs) When they won't sit down, that baby's coming. I asked the nurse that checked me in when I would be getting an epidural as planned. And she said, oh, honey, it's too late for that. (laughs) Shoot. (laughs) Oh, honey. I was so not happy. Yeah. Yeah, because when you're expecting that and you can't get it. It's your plan. a different level. Yeah. Yeah. Um, She said to breathe like in the classes to make it easier. I thought to myself, what classes? (laughs) (laughs) Why didn't I pay attention? 
Thankfully, though, it was all pretty quick, and I delivered about 20 minutes arriving at the hospital. Holy cow! Way to get it done. Yeah. That's so fast. I know. It was super fast. She said what number baby this was either. I'd be curious. Um, my husband missed missed the birth. Oh, which no. I was um, relieved. In my book, oh. really quite <laughs> gross and messy. There must be a better way. Oh, my but gosh. Until the aftermath, in quotations, is a pretty good description. Oh, I love that. That was good. That's that was so like good. A sweet story, man. 20 minutes. Like her birth. Short and sweet. Short and sweet. But probably wild. Not sweet. It probably, when it goes that fast, it's as you know, so intense. intense. It's so hard to to really wrap your head around your brain on. cannot like a, there's no time no to like adjust natural feeling yeah yeah it's just like yeah what was your shortest birth time for you for your babies oh, for mine yeah it was makaya she was i mean active labor just i don't know six hours before. yeah that's pretty quick yeah hers was the least yeah intense though yeah my third baby. You know those third babies. They're tricky, yeah. third babies. We yeah. say that all the time. We do. Yeah, until you're in it, you it's don't know how true. tricky. Babies they are tricky. Third babies. Yeah. Babies in general, all but in all... General. But for some reason, there's yeah. this third baby thing, and I don't... Yeah. Like, it must be a superstitious thing. I don't know. I don't I, think so. No, I, I really feel like it's real on yeah. most third babies. It's just... They just are so unpredictable. An interesting situation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, oh. wow. Some relief fun stories beautiful enlightening yeah. stories yeah. for women sure. to share with women i and and men yeah. families yeah yeah so share yours yes please so share can, yours yeah share it on our podcast share it with your families mm-hmm. share a podcast with your families yeah. tell them to write their story yeah. even if they don't listen because right. then they'll want to hear it and then they'll start listening and then they'll learn all the things yeah. that they should or should not do yeah. to help them be healthy yeah yeah. And a lot of people, and I think Muriel said it here too, like it was really therapeutic for her to write her story or yeah. meaningful, you know, and then you have it written down. So in And your baby's decades, gonna love you go reading and, that. You know, revisit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you forget things. You do. But there's certain things that will always yeah. stick out. But when you can write down like Especially her thought process. Fresh. No kidding. Um you know, really it was good. just beautiful. And just the detail and all of these stories yeah. and the those moments that are super precious and important yeah. and i think it's really special I think so. share your story write your share story your even if you don't share write your story because yeah, it'll be special yourself. for you anyway yeah and so you can do that yeah at www.theaos411.com <laughs> yes or yes go ahead completely anonymous completely um, we went we, and adjusted our yes. forms so that you yeah. can you don't have to write your name yeah, yeah. Or you can email us. Or you can email us at the AOS411 at gmail.com. Perfect. Yep. And we're also on, um, you know, Facebook and Facebook and Instagram. Instagram. We haven't yeah. done a whole lot recently. We haven't because of this crazy busy summer. Yeah. But um, we're gonna we're gonna get back into we it. Plans. We have some processes that we're going through and just some growth that we're trying to figure out uh, what fits into our life and as life doesn't seem to slow it or doesn't. change or yeah. I mean, it's, it's ever changing always is what changing. I mean. Never slowing. It's never slowing. <laughs> <laughs> it's always changing, never slowing. Yeah. So we just, yeah, we're going to get it all figured out and yeah. we thank you for sticking with yeah. us and supporting yes. us. And, yeah. and, and um, if you haven't written a review, we've just appreciate it. Yeah. That would be great. Yeah. And um, yeah, listen for more content. Yeah. 
We hope you feel enlightened. Spread love and laughter. Bye. Bye.